every time I'd meet him and we'd start drinking, he would just say this, like this one line to me. And he was like, I've got one dream in life. Get back to Zimbabwe, open a crocodile farm, make handbags. And I was like, what, what am I supposed to do with this information? <laughs> Ambition <laughs> is critical. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rooting Around podcast, a podcast where we take a not so deep dive into countries around the world. I'm Kevin. I'm Tom. And I'm Sam. And this week we are talking about Zimbabwe. Yeah. Haven't done anyone been? No. Nope. Fair enough. No, me neither. It feels weird. This is this is the first time I'm I'm doing the podcast remotely with you. It's weird. It's weird weird to have a peep into other people's lives and houses. Like it's like what's in that cupboard? Uh you don't want to know. <laughs> Secret. For some reason I've got a dream catcher. I don't like catching dreams, but let's uh let's blame Amanda for that one. Yeah. I do like it though, because I don't have to like jar my neck to talk to you and Ed. I'm not wearing trousers right now, that's why I like it. <laughs> that's a I, great move. I really regret wearing this white t-shirt because I feel like I'm getting like completely washed out in white. Speaking of countries with with a checkered history of white whiteness. Uh, Zimbabwe. <laughs> Ooh, what is it really does. I I I avoided learning about that because I would gather, well, particularly Tom would have done or does know a lot about that history. I did a little bit of research, and it Excellent. was exactly as depressing as I yeah. imagined it would be. I, I did and, ancient research instead of modern re- history, and it, and it kind of has the same origin story as most world problems but as i like to say we'll get to that later um straight off the bat sam have you got the key facts i do it's bit i will do so uh zimbabwe is three hundred ninety thousand seven hundred fifty seven square kilometers or about one hundred fifty thousand eight hundred seventy two square miles and you can fit 19 waleses into zimbabwe or about 151 luxembourgs got that place is small it is tiny yeah the population, which I forgot to look up, is uh, 15.99 million. But it is a massive country as it well. It's pretty it? huge, yeah. I didn't see much about the population density. All I've got is the urban-rural population split. So it's 32% urban and 68% rural. Wow. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. There's not that many people for a big place. Yeah, it's there's big. 43 people per kilometre squared. Is that a lot? I'd like to see where that ranks oh, in, in the world. Isn't is it Mongolia is is the most sparsely? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Zimbabwe is the is uh, named after the historic city of the Great Zimbabwe, which was the capital of the Kingdom of Zimbabwe during the late Iron Age, uh, and it's a it's got some impressive stone ruins from back then, and it's a UNESCO heritage site. One of five, I believe. In Zimbabwe? Yeah. Ooh. You've got the Kami Ruins, the Great Zimbabwe National Monument, and Matobo Hills, mm-hmm. uh, the cultural sites. And the natural sites are obviously Victoria Falls, which it shares with a few other countries. Yeah, every uh, country has. Uh, what was it? Botswana and... Zambia. And the last one is the Manor Pools. I'm not sure what they are. Pools of some description. Are the Manor Pools not at the top of... The falls? 
No, I thought the menopause was what happens to women in their 50s. Oh, God. I'm oh, that was awful. That. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found out today, obviously, Victoria Falls uh, was discovered um, by yeah. a white man. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, what was his name again? Uh, Mr. Victoria. Was it Mr. Livingston? Victoria. Livingston, yeah, that was it. Yeah. He discovered uh one of the largest waterfalls in the world. Well, it says it's one of the largest, uh, and it's got a width of over 1.7 kilometers and a height of around 108 That's meters, hell. not kilometers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you can do bungee jumps off loads of bits of it. But have you seen the devil's pool at the top? Is that yeah, the I infinity think... pool? Yeah. I think so a friend of mine <laughs> drops over. Um, but I found out while I was looking at it today that in that region it kicks all the mist that comes up off the off the falls has created like its own rainforest around it that's cool in an otherwise relatively arid place what is the sort of oh god what's called topography of zimbabwe you've alluded to it being a bit arid uh parts of it are uh, arid they've got plateaus they've got mountains open grassland deserts bit of Um, everything then bit of everything yeah um, oh, I don't know. It could be snow. Maybe in the higher parts. Uh, really high. Pitch. Isn't it? Uh, it's the Zambezi River that separates it from. Did, did you have the map open there, Sam? Was it Botswana? Yes, it's uh, yeah. the Zambezi River. It runs along the border with Zimbabwe and Zambia. Ah, the Zeds. Yeah. And then you got it forks, and then there's two more borders with then Botswana. And Namibia, because Namibia's got that little arm. Oh yeah. Out. Well, we've we've done this. We've done all four of those now. We haven't done. Oh, we have done Namibia. Yeah. Look at us coloring in the map. Yeah, covering. We should really make a list of these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, end one up cool doubling thing up about soon. The, the uh, Zambezi River. I was um, looking at uh, Zambezi sharks. Have you heard about them? So they are, there's bull sharks that you find in the ocean that can survive in fresh water for ages. And bull sharks have been swimming up, up the Zambezi River. It, it, they can go up, I think it's like 150 kilometers. That's ve- like, <clears throat> Zamb- sh- Zimbabwe is like very, it's landlocked. Yeah. A shark go all that way. No. Well, have you seen that picture of like shark attacks in the US? And there's like they're on both coasts, and then there's some like really random one in like Idaho. Oh, well, did it just find I, its I way it's, in some weird yeah, spot? Yeah, I, th- I think it it had swam up the Mississippi and then That's taken the trump out of someone. But I thought it would have been a like a freshwater shark, like the Ganges shark. Is the Ganges shark a freshwater shark? I didn't even know there was a Ganges shark. I thought there was oh, crocodiles in the Ganges. There are, yeah. Are there's crocodiles in the Zambezi as well. Makes sense. And hippos and they, they've got everything. Yeah. As as most African countries in that area. Yeah. They have really important places for wildlife. And the um the Hwange National Park is is like one of the most important ones in, in Africa. And they've got a massive population. Have you seen the uh painted dogs? Yes, yeah. Love so they've got dogs. a massive population of them. Like it's a really, really important batch of them. And I started watching videos of them and got distracted, so I don't really know much about the rest of <laughs> Zimbabwe. 
but I'm guessing they've got the big five, the little five, the medium. What's five, the little? F- oh, okay. <laughs> high five. Jackson Low five. five. <laughs> <laughs> the mambo number five. <laughs> and it's my favorite of the snakes. And Chinese five spice. <laughs> Speaking of Chinese five spice, uh, there's a lot of food uh, that is eaten in Zimbabwe. I've got the the top five, basically, things that have been eaten. Uh, the first one I've got is called sadza, which is also known as isitshwala. Sorry. Uh, this is a staple food made from maize meal, uh, similar to porridge, basically, and it's served as an accompaniment. you got nyama, nice. which simply means meat uh, in Shona, and uh, it's one of um, the main dishes, often grilled or roasted with stews, basically. Uh, Mariwo Nanzungu. Very sorry again. Uh, that's a popular side dish and it's made from leafy green vegetables, basically, and ground nuts. And it's typically cooked with onions, tomatoes, and sometimes peanut butter. Um, right. Yeah, that sounds really good to be fair. And then Dovi, which is peanut butter stew made with chicken, beef, or vegetables. And Boero Wars. I'm really sorry again. Uh, it's not original, originally uh, Zimbabwean, but it's a popular South African sausage, basically, that's made its way up to Zimbabwe. So that's like farmer's sausage, isn't it? Bro-wurst. Yeah. Oh. Sounds like bratwurst. Um, but... You said uh, Shona language. Mm. Haven't they, well, don't they have a lot of different languages they use across the country? It's got the most languages of any country in the world with 16 official languages. Oh, my God. And if I you... thought Papua had the had the biggest didn't they say there was like yes. hundreds of them yes uh but these are official languages so used at state level um oh, Papua, Papua probably has, does have more so if you'll indulge me you've got chua chibawe english kalanga is this in order alphabetically ah. hoisan nambia nadao ndebele shangani shona sign language whatever Sutu, Tonga, Swana, Venda, and Oza. I can't do that one, but oh, no, that was that was good. That was what's that? Awesome. Um, a lot of languages, but I guess that's just because the UK or the British Empire just arbitrarily drew lines on a map and called it a country, yeah, and didn't take into account local ethnic populations. No, until nineteen eighty. Is that when they became independent? Yeah, what? Very hell. recent. I've got a little bit about that. Okay. A little bit. I did a little bit of work on a bit of work, a little bit of research on Robert Mugabe and the history of Rhodesia and why it's called Rhodesia. Do you know about this? No, I avoided it at all costs, and uh, ignorance is bliss. So I can't wait to find out more. Cool. So in the late nineteenth century, the territory north of the Transvaal, which is north of South Africa was uh, basically given to the British South Africa Company. You know, those those lovely private entities that the UK set up to exploit all parts of the world. Um, and it was led by a guy called Cecil Rhodes, who was a, what's the nice way of putting this? White nationalist? Um, Cecil. Uh, Cecil, yeah, Cecil Rhodes. And in fact... What a shit name. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> there's quite a lot of like again because it's, a, it's similar to that bloke in in bristol marston you know those people who went out and made loads of money but did really horrible things and they had like statues and buildings named after them so cecil rose has got a few statues all over all over the place 
a really famous scholarship in Oxford called the Rhodes Scholarship, um, paid for on the back of his wealth. Um, so basically, they just acquired a huge block of territory uh, that they, a private company, ran as their own little sort of fiefdom. Cecil Rhodes also set up the De Beers Mining Company, which is oh. where they get all of their uh, wealth from. Is that um, in Zimbabwe? I think it was set up in that whole area. That whole area was called Rhodesia, and then mm-hmm. it split. Um, so Z- Zambia gained its independence, which was formerly known as North Rhodesia, and then what is now Zimbabwe was called briefly called South Rhodesia, Southern Rhodesia. But then when they realised there was no longer a north part, they were like, we should just lose the south bit and call ourselves Rhodesia. Common sense move. Um so they were Rhodesia up until, I would guess, the 1980s when Mugabe took over. Um, yeah. And and Rhodesia was was run pretty similarly to apartheid South Africa. So like, uh, just a, a, an apartheid ethnostate run by a bunch of racist whiteies. Standard. Standard procedure over there, really, isn't it? It was self-governed. So it was private in that private company's charter until 1923 and then it became a self-governing um sort of province again governed by rich white people um and then you had Mugabe's party which was ZANU PF which was sort of like a Marxist guerrilla force and they effectively sort of kicked out the the ruling party um and uh who's run by a guy called, I think his name's Ian Smith, who's got a really dull name. Speaking of dull names, when you were saying Cecil Rhodes at the start, I thought you were saying Cecil Rose, like the flower, which made him sound way more delicate. And I didn't link Rhodesia with Rose until like halfway through. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty bad that a country's named after your surname. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I ride the crest of your wave uh with politics in the 1980s? Yeah. So obviously you had Robert Mugabe, but then the president, who also has a funny name, is Kanan Banana. His second name is Banana. His second name is Banana. What a name. Um, yeah. So so he was Zimbabwe's first president after they gained independence. Uh he was significant um, against apartheid South Africa and colonial rule, um, but he's also known for his work as an ordained minister and theologian. Nice. Um, but I want to follow that up with something. Well, it's not hilarious. It sucks. But uh, so Kanan Son Dino Banana, uh, he passed away in two thousand three. He was um, he was the first head of state, and. He in 1987 he stepped down as president, um, and then Mugabe became the executive president then as well. Um, but in 1997, after he was out of office, he was accused of being a homosexual after a highly publicized trial and was convicted of 11 counts of sodomy and unnatural acts and had to serve six months in prison. Yeah, yeah, not very long. It's terrible. No. Yeah, no, worth it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, like, yeah, jokes aside, like, obviously, you can't be putting people in prison just because of who they, they 
they they fancy. Um, but six months is all right. I was it's expecting easy. more to be fair when you said how many accounts. I was, I was expecting with. something something slightly barbaric and like executions. Mm. But six months might go out on day release every now and again. I don't know. Um, but imagine getting convicted of unnatural acts and having to serve on that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, I think what, I what you are being accused of unnatural acts. <laughs> I'd like to plead. Know, I'd like to know what the what definition is. Like, where's the line, and what point does it become unnatural? Yeah, because yeah. I've seen a lot of things that I I wouldn't thought natural, but they're <laughs> possible. So I also did a bit of um, just headlines over the last forty years. Only a few of them. Um, so obviously, independence from British rule in nineteen eighty. In the late 90s to 2000s was the land reform and the economic crisis started kicking off then. Um, So it initiated it in the late 90s, uh, led to seizures of commercial farms, um, often owned by white Zimbabweans, um, which then created instability. Um, Food shortages shortages, um, and the hyperinflation, which I think kind of took its toll on a few of those countries around it there's the whole story of you know you have to go and buy a piece of bread with a wheelbarrow full of cash you know when you're young like when you look back and you sort of remember certain news stories and i was talking to my manager about it in work um that you can like trace what generation you're in from what the defining the first like major news story you remember on tv or hearing Mm. on the news so for me it was like the only like i vividly remember when princess diana died like watching the tv of that um and she was like oh i remember when hasselhoff got on top of the wall and gave a song and then oh my god communism you know um, imagine being there for that um, my, mine is nine eleven. yeah yeah so and, and i think another we have we had someone similar to your age in the office then and they said the same thing it's mm. really it's a really fun game to play right that's quite a that, fun, that one quite is a fun is... morbid game to play yeah 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 that, i mean good news I mean, that news is, it's almost like a turn of a generation. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission... Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. That just altered, yeah. it felt like it altered everything, even though I was only 11 when it happened. There'll be kids in the future who'll be like, oh, remember COVID? Oh, yeah. Like, that'll be this, like, yeah. But Terrifying. my point was uh, that I remember watching all of the all of the stuff going down with the Zimbabwean currency and like the rampant hyperinflation. Um, I guess since I've got a little fact about multi-currency country, um, since 2008, when there was massive inflation uh, to combat the inflation, Zimbabwe actually abandoned its currency, the dollar, the Zimbabwean dollar, and started using other currencies in its place. So it uses the US, South African rand, the euro, the pula from Botswana, um and uh you can also use yen the Aussie dollar the Indian rupee 
Oh, imagine Chinese... trying to maintain the uh, yeah the conversion rate. Uh, and the Chinese uh, renminbi. Um, but in 2018, the Zimbabwean government reinstated the Zimbabwean dollar as the local currency. So it had 10 years off, and it's back stronger than it was 10 years ago. But you did it all ever. over again. Because they, they did have the, I think it was the largest note in the world. I'm not sure it still exists now because it's excessive, but it's 100 trillion. Oh, my God. Note. Yeah. I'd love one of them. <laughs> I bet we could get we should get them on eBay. Yeah. Oh, one thing I did find out about that time was there was it was the poorest country in the world at one point where after I can't remember it was the president or prime minister it was further down the line than um all of the stuff in the 80s but they had only like $260 left in the like government bank account after they paid a lot of the like community workers and things like that. So I can't remember what year it was. I, I listened to it earlier, but yeah, that at some point I'm what are they a lot of the world had a lot more money than Zimbabwe. TL. What what do you do with it? What what do you do with that last $216? Piss up. I, I Dominoes. Take, take it down William Hill. <laughs> Put it all on red. I remember there was always a lot of like so so we've sort of briefly touched a little bit about Robert Mugabe and he was he was like a socialist and a Marxist and he led this guerrilla campaign and he tried to sort of set up socialism in Zimbabwe um and obviously he was accused of and took part in a lot of like political violence and repression um and also because like we mentioned earlier with all of like the arbitrary lines on maps um there's like two sort of major ethnic groups of which Robert Mugabe is one so unsurprisingly people in the other one got more repressed than people in Mugabe's group and there's always been this sort of handover of power at power especially post Mugabe has been a sort of flashpoint for ethnic tension uh, in Zimbabwe doesn't does it I have I have a friend who has a Rhodesian Ridgeback called Mugabe <laughs> right that's nice <laughs> They They're such it, cool dogs. They call him Mugs for short. Oh, that's incredible. You can't be in the park shouting Mugabe. <laughs> Mugabe! I, I would be. Um, I've got a friend, right? And he goes straight in. His name's Squid. Um, he, I met him when I was in uni, and he's, he's from Zimbabwe. And his family were tobacco farmers, and they got kicked off the land in the mid-90s by, by, um, by Mugabe's government and uh every time i'd meet him and we'd start drinking he would just say this like this one line to me and i'll try and do his accent we'll just be a generic south africa so he went to school in south africa so you know they all sound the same down there and he was like i've got one dream in life get back to zimbabwe open a crocodile farm make handbags <laughs> and i was like what, what am I supposed to do with this information? <laughs> Ambition like, is critical. And I was like, is that a popular thing to do? Like, why? Why do you want to? Why do you want to specifically make handbags? He was like, he's just got there. a thing against Crocs. Maybe he does. What the yeah. fuck? Like, yeah. I didn't realize that. I, I knew that you can get like crocodile shoes, but um, yeah, that's crocodile squid, bags, crocodile belts. You get any leather, you can make out a crocodile, really. 
I've just never seen it up close. Maybe I have. Maybe I've been I, like... I, I saw it when I was in Florida. I went to like a croc I've, safari. I've seen like jackets and thing. with like yeah. the actual ridges on it and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's bit fucking weird. For funsies, I just did loads of research about elephants because they've got they've got a huge population there. It's like a, again a really important one. Yeah. Um, and just a quick sidebar is black rhinos are virtually extinct there, but they've got a lot of um conservation projects that are, are protecting the last last batch of them. Are they are these the ones with um armed guards twenty four seven? I'm not sure about these ones, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. They love their wildlife. So elephants, uh, they've got amazing memory. They can remember and recognize individual humans and other animals after years and years and years. Um, they've got really complex social structures um, and they're matriarchal. So they've got uh, a lead lady. They communicate by uh, like loads of different vocalizations. Like you hear the, like that one, but they also have like the really low growl. And then they have infrasound as well, which they can communicate with uh, over long distances. And they feel it in their in their feet. So how do they do and that? Uh, they just stomp on the floor and then they feel it a few miles after that. Or, or is it like they the make floor. a No, no, they, they vocalize the noise. Down but the it's just, uh, but it's like a lower frequency than humans can hear. Wow. So how do they feel it in their feet? Because it's like a vibration. Like a bass tone. Oh. Yeah. Like the brown note, but for your feet. They have killed a few people over there. Out of spite? Out of spite, probably, yeah. They do, like, uh, when they're young males, they will, like, just form gangs and go around just fighting other Wounding elephants. People. And, like, they've they've been seen killing rhinos. And Is it called, like, musk? Oh, musk. I, I think musk is when they're, like, in heat. Oh, but okay. when they when all the when they all start hitting puberty and turn into teenagers, they form like little mobs and just go and fuck shit up. Bloody hell! Can, can they also like they sometimes accidentally eat fermented fruit off the ground and then they're drunk? Oh yeah, that's in get, um, I think drunk. that's in India. Have you heard about squirrels just... that do that with apples <laughs> and hedgehogs what, like bury as well them and let them just let ferment them ferment. and then they get absolutely sloshed on it? Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think monkeys do it as well. They probably do it on purpose, little Demon. weirdos. Yeah. Um, but they are also a keystone species, which they're like vital to the the natural world there. Hmm. Uh, they kind of shape the landscape and, and shit like that. Speaking of large beasts, um, I've got a cryptid. Yes. That's a good one. Um, so this is the Umguza monster. It's a cryptid. Uh, obviously, reported from Zimbabwe's Mguza River near the Mguza Dam. Clear line of naming going on here. Um, in around 1950, it was first reported by a butler at the Yacht Club in Mguza named Thompson, who claimed to have seen a glowing monster on the lake, followed by a number of crabs. The monster crawled out of the water and onto the pier, completely covering it. Uh, a dam employee named Peter also claimed to have seen an intermittently growing glowing animal crossing the lake uh but it didn't leave the water this time and then various other locals claim to have seen it not given a clear description some people believe that the luminous monster could merely be an accumulation of bioluminescent microorganisms but we're not here for sensible answers um <laughs> it probably is a giant flashing river monster um, i think so 
Yeah. Seems like the most logical option. It does, to be fair. Could be a a large freshwater octopus um, or squid. No. Some level of bioluminescence. No, I don't think Um, so. That doesn't sound right. It's probably some weird fucked up alien beast. (laughs) No, in a a dam, did you say as well? It was was seen in the yacht club on the river near the dam by Thompson. Is Thompson his first name? I haven't got a first. I haven't got confirmation of whether there's something before or after. So we I'm need to get Thompson this. on the show. I assume that's his only name, like Shapiro. That does seem like quite an an African thing. Is that you find surnames being used as first names? Yeah. So I, I feel like there's can... a dark history behind that. Yeah, it probably is. Oh God, you're almost certainly right. Yeah. Let's let's oh, scoot yeah. past this. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Let's keep it lighthearted. Uh, speaking of large bodies of water, I think we've mentioned it in two of the previous ones as well. What's the uh, massive man-made lake? It's one of the largest oh, in the world. Yeah, I can't. I, I've got it here. It's Lake Kariba. Yeah, Kariba. Yeah, uh, isn't it? It's one of the largest in the world, right? Uh, it's the largest by volume. Oh. The largest lake in the world by volume. Man-made, man-made lake. Oh, I was about to say that's so it's, tiny. <laughs> it's two hundred and twenty-six kilometers long and forty kilometers wide in places, and it provides electricity to both Zambia and Zimbabwe. Wow! There's also large amount of commercial fishing on the lake, as well as crocodiles, hippopotami, and other lake creatures. Oh, I didn't hit the national symbols. We've not even mentioned the flag. Uh, so the flag. Seven horizontal stripes of green, yellow, and red with a white triangle containing a five red five-pointed star and a yellow Zimbabwean bird superimposed on it. Um, and that flag was adopted upon independence in 1980. I don't know what the Rhodesian flag looks like. Probably something really dark, I'll tell you now. It's a quality flag, though. Got a lot of time for the Zimbabwean flag. Yeah. And the bird that is on there is the national bird of Zimbabwe as well. Um it's called the Zimbabwe bird, and it's a sculpture found on the ruins that I mentioned earlier on. Symbol of national identity and heritage, and it's on lots of emblems as well. Uh, Sam, got a challenge for you. The national anthem of Zimbabwe is called Isha Kumberera Africa, which means God bless Africa in Shana. Can you guess what it sounds like? I guess what it sounds like. Would you like to do a performance? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard this one. Um, you don't need to. Just, make just to it let up. you know, for context, it celebrates freedom, unity, and African heritage. Freedom, unity, African heritage, and it sounds like Mambo Number Five. No, we want, we want you to sing it. Oh, just the first um, one. Ishu, Ishu Kambuera Africa. Ishu Kambuera Africa. Do, do, That's do, dope, do. actually. That's yeah, pretty, yeah. Number one, you're hired. Yeah, I was, I was, I was hoping you were going to do it to the the music of uh, "It's Time for Africa" by Shakira. Ah, <laughs> that would have been funnier. Yeah, what does it actually sound like? Isha Kumbera, Africa. Ah, there we go. Nice. I think I think it's got up, upbeat vibes like that. Maybe that's that's me sort of projecting what I what it is me projecting what I want it to be. Mm. Um, I think every national anthem should be performed by the uh, the Egyptian military band. What to test to test it? No, have you have you heard them play uh, national anthems for people when they visit Egypt? No, it's just 
none of them can play their instruments and oh, it's no. just burr, burr, burr. if anyone's uh, to any listener who hasn't watched it just pause the episode now open youtube and google yeah no and search for egyptian brass band russian anthem and it is just it's it's so it's so it's perfect it's fantastic yeah um onwards the coat of arms uh includes various elements such as that bird the flame lily which is the national flower a pickaxe a hoe and a sheaf of wheat these symbols represent the country's history and agriculture and mineral wealth and the national tree of Zimbabwe is the Masasa tree. Um, and that is Bra- Brachistegia spicaformis. That's the Latin for it. Mm. Um, and the national animal is the African fish eagle, which I'm pretty sure is another Zambia's uh, as well. national bird as well. Yeah, they're just getting lazy now. Um, but it's known for its distinctive call, which sounds like what, Sam? A foghorn. <laughs> actually says a foghorn yeah (laughs) um and it's yeah it's known for its distinctive call and often seen near bodies of water but what is it distinctive call because it's not a foghorn no uh i'm guessing it's uh you don't even sometimes a screech something like that yeah um so the national emblem it's got the zimbabwe bird stands atop a decorative platform and it's on official documents and government symbols. The National Flower Festival is a big festival based around the flame lily. Then Independence Day, where Will Smith went over there, is April 18th. Yeah, country's liberation from the British aliens in 1980. Nice. Oh, yeah. Jeff, Gold- Jeff Goldblum was there as well. Yes. Oh, I, I was debating on getting a Jeff Goldblum tattoo the other day for about 10 seconds. Why? I went to go and see Jurassic Park on Tuesday. Uh, okay, it's yeah. the 30th anniversary, and it's the first time I've seen it in the cinema in years. And I thought it was John Hammond. No, I thought it was Sam Neill that says, life finds a way. But it's, no, it's, it's Jeff Goldblum, yeah. and he's like, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> so I started looking at Jurassic Park tattoos, and then uh, there's a picture of Jeff Goldblum lying down. With life uh, finds a way underneath it. Tempted. Uh, all right. Does anyone else have any anything? Uh, I've got a few things to look up, but that's nothing. Nothing crazy. There's a place called the Cheremba Balancing Rocks, and they're icon- it's an iconic natural rock formation located near Harare, and they have cultural significance. And some people use they were believed. Some people believe they were used. Sorry, for religious and ritual purposes by indigenous peoples. And nice. uh, the Mutare Cave Complex. I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, uh, but it's a complex of caves and rocks shelters in Mutare area, and it contains ancient rock paintings by early uh, hunter-gatherer societies. Uh, so it's places to look up if you're ever in the area. Wow. Oh, yeah. One, oh, one like... thing I did find out was that um, all like carbonated soft drinks, they call Coke. Love it. So you'll go up to the counter and be like, oh, could I get a Coke? And they'll say, what do you want? And you'll say, uh, I'll go like Fanta Orange. <laughs> I like that. It's like So instead there's... of saying like soda or fizzy. Or pop. Yeah. So co- like uh, Coke. And they do the same with toothpaste. Uh, everything's Colgate. Oh, I love that. Like I know they do something similar in Nigeria. Like every hot drink is called tea. Even if it's coffee. Yeah. 
or you want a tea, like what you want. That's really cool. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm I've not got a hell of a lot more. Aside yeah. From just I'm... saying that it seems like a really cool place that's much overlooked. You don't really hear much about Zimbabwe anymore, aside from like the odd cricket story. Mm. Um, it's it's in a lot of um wildlife documentaries uh recently in the last two like really big ones um so i know sam who was on our previous podcast with mark sam stewart he's um he's been out there filming huge packs of of those dogs um has it got a lot easier for uh foreign film crews to get permits and stuff now post mugabe oh probably yeah and it's just so much easier to film stuff now they got drones that you can see them from miles so um yeah sounds sounds amazing i'd love to go yeah yeah same right. years. love to go where, where what are we doing next i think we're gonna have a not so obvious not change of clothes <laughs> yeah uh, i think we're fairly unprepared for the next one yeah, um, a, bit of a bit of a less structured one yeah we'll see how that goes <laughs> is that possible yeah um so yeah, I guess we'll that's we'll that. See, okay, everyone. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. To ta for now. Bye. 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 What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.